officer on deck. You safe. You safe. Good morning. I am thankful to be here again and praising God. I want us all to just uh, relax and let's celebrate God. We have a beautiful, loving Father. Uh, he's our King, our Creator. He's our Provider. He's everything. And it, it's just beautiful to be here. I was telling uh, some people, I said, this is a beautiful congregation. You guys are beautiful, and I think you should praise God for your relationship. We all go through different things and have different things at each sister congregation, but you guys are here, and that's what I love about it. And you have a very good spirit. I thank God for you guys. Keep up the good work. You were leading songs in that row right there. Man, my amen corner. I heard, God give us Christian hope. They were getting it. So, y'all keep going. I love it. Uh, we have a, a family tonight. We're going to talk about parenting in the kingdom of God. We're going go to go to prayer, and then we'll start into the sermon. Let us bow. Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you for being such a kind, loving, great father. Thank you for being the perfect example of a mother. Thank you for being the perfect example of a brother. Thank you for being the perfect example of a sister, of a son, of every part of the family. Thank you for showing us that. So, Lord, allow us to lean on you, our Father, and let us be family. Through thick and thin, let us live in you. It's in Jesus' name we ask these blessings, your Son and my loving Savior. Amen. Porter, my man. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 4. And then Porter, later on, you're going to get Proverbs 22, chapter 6. Uh, 20, uh, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Then you're going to get Genesis 1, 1. Then you're going to get Genesis 5, 10. Then you, I was joking, Porter. <laughs> Porter, you still throwing the pages around. Wait a minute, my app is not that fast. Um, I'm come down to you. I hope whoever's filming is not upset with me. Can I still move around? I'm good? You the man. Um, I have, my wife said I have A-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-
Build strong families. You want to build your community. Build strong families. I tell Airport Freeway where I worship, I said, the, the, the school system should be calling the church and saying, please send more kids. Because my wife, my wife is a former principal. And I remember one time, and forgive me for this, but one time I went to pick my wife up from work, and she was standing in the doorway, and this little boy, uh, she, was teaching, she's principal of ele- she was a principal of an elementary school, little boy was standing there, and he took an arrest. She had to stand and, you know, keep watch on him. She had him in a chair in the doorway of her office, and she was standing there leaning there, and I walked out, and I stopped and said, what are you doing? You know, I just whispered to her. She went, and then when he did that, he took an eraser and threw it and hit my wife in the face. Now, understand this. <laughs> you touch my wife, you're no longer a little boy. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You have become a threat and an enemy. <laughs> that little stuff right there. Who's 50, 60, and 70 years old? Raise your hand. Who was raised in the South? Raise your hand. If that would have, would that ever cross your mind? Why? Thank you. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've, I've seen, my, I, I was the uh, 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 chaplain for my, one of my daughter's volleyball club. And you should hear how these kids talk to their parents. It blows my mind because I would have never thought about talking to my parents like that. Uh, you know, people, kids going in slamming doors. If I would have ever slammed a door in A.V. in Joanne Nunley's house, the next thing I would have saw is Jesus at the end of a tunnel. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm, I'm saying this position, I'm not trying to say be abusive to your kids. No, ma'am and no, sir. But, spare the rod. Y'all, that's still scripture, and it still stands today. That's it. God has no amendments in his word. They don't need to be amended. Discipline your children. I, as a sister in church, it took a sister in church for me to realize this, just not, not long ago. I've been reading Psalm 23 all of my life, and she showed me something that stood out like a beacon. She said, you know, in Psalm 23, because we was talking about kids. She said, in Psalm 23, it says, your rod and your staff, they do what? Comfort me. She says, when there's no rod and no staff, the opposite happens to kids. They get erratic. They get unstable. That's what's happening. Uh, my wife tell you, they have taken all the power out of the school system of discipline and correcting. And I'm not trying to be political. I'm saying this is what happens. And in Scripture, the Bible teaches us that family is the standard of a man. Family. And so as parents, we are parenting the kingdom. And we have to understand the responsibility of that. We are putting children out in the world, not on a moralistic 
uh, 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 level only, but we are sending God's warriors out into the world. And they cannot function without guidance. There's so many parents are trying to take these doctors, these dusty-eyed professors, and try to take their word and say, oh, you should never, never spank a kid. You shouldn't abuse a child by no means. You shouldn't just because you're bigger than your son and daughter, you know, just abuse, spank them because you can or because you're angry. That's not what it's for. He says you spare the rod, spoil the child. You know why? Because when your child doesn't pay attention to you in the home, how are they going to pay attention to me at school? Getting quiet in here. <laughs> I, I, y'all, I, I'm, I'm not going to be long. I have one more day and I'm out. So please bear with me. Yo, families. Families. We need families. And guess what? It does take a village to raise a child. You cannot be afraid to say some, something to a somebody else's child and say, hey, young man, sit down. Young lady, don't speak that way. Why? What did Paul tell Timothy? That you ought to know how to behave yourself in the house of God. And I know foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. I don't blame the child. It's mom and daddy. We need to stand. We need to work together as a unit. Why? We're putting out duplicates of Jesus in this world. That's what discipling means. If you are a parent, you have the responsibility of discipling. Now, what does that look like? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. You're going to read it in a second. There was a study done years ago and the study that the it was in newsweek and in newsweek it had dad is destiny so goes dad so goes a nation dad is destiny now that's not to say that what moms and wives can't do anything not saying that at all there are plenty single moms have raised, raised great men and women in this world today. But they looked in Newsweek and they did a study. They said 92% of global problems had to do with fatherless homes. That didn't, that didn't uh, select itself to a race. It didn't minimize itself to a country. It says 92% of global problems. Jefferson Street. Kingdom parenting is a necessity. It is a necessity. We cannot allow the children to be children. We have to allow the children, excuse me, can't allow the children to just run crazy and stuff without saying, hey, there's boundaries. You remember what he says in uh, uh, Matthew 28, uh, Matthew 11, verse 28? Uh, uh, he says, uh, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Put my yoke upon you. You know what a yoke is? 
We got a lot of people who know about the farming. What is a yoke? It keeps you in line. They had that big ox and they had a trainer ox. And they set their yoke on them. And the big ox would walk according to the yoke and the little ox would walk according to the big ox. Everything was under restraint. What is the purpose of the restraint? So one day you can walk without the yoke because it won't be on your shoulder. It will be in your heart. Leashes for a dog was not designed for the dog to be on it its whole life. A leash is a training uh, 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 thing to teach the dog how to walk. Then eventually you could take the leash off the dog and the, walk, the dog will walk like he has a leash. That's the training. We can't get to the point to where we don't know what our children are doing. I'm talking to somebody in Texas, uh, talking to him, got the phone in the hand. How you doing? Mm, fine. What's up? Uh, good. Who knows what I'm talking about? The only thing they know how to do is look at the phone and TikTok. <laughs> I'm walking past, my kids got, they got the phone set on the wall and they're up there. And I walk past, and I just get in, and I start doing it too. <laughs> Daddy, you're messing it up. Well, I'm a TikToker too. That's all they want, that's what we want to do. We restrict our kids. No, not, not, uh, put that down. You can't be on the phone after a certain time, and you can't be uh, uh, looking at a certain thing. And if you use it, it must be used for a purpose, not you just sitting there. Why? You got stuff bigger to do than just TikTok. We're raising kingdom families. Why? Because the Bible says broad is the way that leads to destruction. I love my children. I want them to understand that they're saved and live like it. Not be trying to do something that that, that bleeds into what everybody else is thinking. So fathers... What is your job? Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There it is. In the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You have to understand, in Acts 20, 28, the Bible says, Take heed unto yourselves, unto all the flock under which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. You have been bought with the price. 1 Corinthians 6 chapter. And because you've been bought with the price, you are under the kingdom's law. And he says, you can't raise your kids the way you want to. He dictates how you raise your children. He dictates how you love your wife. He dictates how you love your husband. He dictates how you respond to your your parents. He dictates how you work on a job. He dictates if you are a boss. He dictates that. Because if you follow his way, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can't make better plans for yourself than God. You don't have better plans for yourself than God. God wants kids.
kingdom families. So he says, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. In other words, don't abuse them. Don't abuse them. But raise them up in God's nurture and admonition. Why? Because God has a purpose for the kingdom. It's something that my father, my father used to tell me when I was a kid. He said, your favorite verse. He didn't ask me what it was. He told me what it was. <laughs> Proverbs 22, 6. He said, this is your favorite verse. Why? Because it's going to keep you alive. <laughs> now, when I grew up, I read this verse. And some of you know the verse. But I read this verse and I took it as this was a command. But then I learned that it really wasn't designed as a command, but a warning. Read verse uh, 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Who knows that scripture? Who heard that scripture? I grew up thinking that you raised your children right. When they were old, they would not run away from God. <laughs> How many kids you know was raised right but live wrong? I'm going to go back to that meaning. I give it two meanings. As a command and as a warning. Read it one more time. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Do me a favor. Listen. Say it like this. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. If you train up a child in the way he is going. In other words, you allow a child to be and do what he wants to be and do. When he gets old, he's going to act like he was a child. I remember when at the church in California, I was sitting back, every time I'd get, I was sitting with my, wife, with my wife, and there was a family that sat behind us. The mom came to church. She had two kids, came to church. The father di didn't come to church. And she would sit back, and you would hear, like, you know, patty cake? I turned around. That little boy was smacking his mother all upside her head. And she's just, I said, no. No. Why? Because you have allowed that, what, that little kid to hit you. When he goes to the school, he's not going to know much different. And one day when he's get big enough, it's not going to be a smack. Train up a child in the way he should go. If you allow a child to talk back to you, to fuss at you, to kick away from you, Guess what? If you allow them to keep doing it, they're going to keep doing it. It's a hard message because you don't want to hit or spank the little cute ones. You don't. And you're not trying to beat the kid to death. It's not trying to hurt them. It's to bring them to understanding. When daddy says no, I mean no. My wife does this when we get ready to go. When she get ready, when we at church and we get ready to go, she'll look at me and she'll just go. You know what that means? Let's wrap it up. 
I turn and look at the kids. I say, girls. And they just turn. They start walking. And that's, that's not patting myself on the back. That's not bragging. That's the way the kingdom should be. Kids should understand discipline. They should understand order. My, my uh, uh, daughters play volleyball. And I said, y'all going to play some kind of sport. They said, why? Because there's so many life lessons taught in sports. You learn how to play with the team and still yourself. My father used to say all the time in, in football, he said, in sports, he said, the name on the front of the jersey will always be more important than the name on the back of the jersey. You learn that. You're a team player. You learn how to lose a game. You learn how to win a game. You learn how to do these things. And so we use these things to teach them life lessons. Even when your coach is playing favorites, you still need to be a good team player. Even when things are not going well, and my daughters will say, well, she's better than me, but I want to start. Then you got to get down and start working and get better. Why? Because that's life. Kingdom parenting is so necessary. It's so important. When he says... Train up a child in the way he should go. We need to understand something. It's not for embarrassing of parents. I love to hear that. You know why? Because that's my future. You know, some churches we got, oh, send them to the nursery. Get them out of here. In my personal opinion, no, we need to hear them. Kids need to be kids. Stop trying to make a kid an adult before he's an adult. But we need to walk them through, and we need to do it as a village. And when there's a parent sitting here, and their kid is acting up, they're having trouble, stop looking at them like they're giving, like they're messing up your day. We need to work together as a family because the world, had, the world needs it, because families are breaking apart. They're falling apart. So I say, I have a little order. It's called the shuns of parenting. The first one is realization. Parents need to realize I cannot raise my child by myself. I need God. I need God. Not only God, but God will send me help. Realization, there are so many parents who they are just too proud to have anybody tell their kid what to do. My wife, as a principal, she said the, the teachers, they do not say anything to the kids. Why? Because they're afraid the parents are going to come up there. And so they just quiet. Realization, you need to realize you need help. Second is introduction. Parents need to introduce their children to God. I tell my children, I don't want you to follow my religion. I use my religion to introduce you to God. My religion gives me discipline. It gives me structure. It gives me order. But God is what I want you to know. I don't want you to get in the habit of coming to church. I want you to get in the habit of following God. That's why parenting is so important. So realization, 
introduction. And when you introduce your child to God, God is sitting there waiting. And when they come, then the Bible teaches us about revelation. Revelation means to reveal or, or to give a, a, a reveal a secret. You remember what uh, 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 in, in uh, Matthew 16, Jesus said to Peter, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. God gives the children revelation. Now, don't get scared. I'm not trying to, I'm not a holy roller. But pay attention to what I'm saying. Revelation meaning every single human being that's a child of God was born with a spiritual gift. Everyone. Ephesians 2.10, the Bible says God created us in Christ Jesus to do good works that were given to us before the worlds were framed. In other words, God made a job and then he built you to do that job. So what's the revelation? The revelation is your spiritual gift to do the job. God has blessed me with the spiritual gift of encouragement. I have to be encouraging. It's just part of my nature. I have to be encouraged. I have to build people up. Hence, I preach the word of encouragement. That's just God built me. But I, my father told me, he said, I, son, I knew you was going to preach just by the way you were. So, introduction. Uh, I'm excuse me, realization. Introduction. Revelation. God reveals in this child what he wants them to do. It won't happen overnight, but it's something that you'll start doing. You'll start working for it, and God will pull it out of you. And some of you already know what you want to do. I talk to people, and they say, well, I know I want to be an engineer. Why? Because I was a kid, I was doing this, this. God is building you, but going to the engineer job is not why he put you here. He put the engineer job with a harvest field in it so you can go work in it. Does that make sense? Revelation. Once the revelation comes, then we have manifestation. What is manifestation? To take what was given to you in secret, told to you in secret, and then reveal it by your actions. That means to make it known by showing. So when God put in you your gift, you live in a way that God could use you, and your actions will come and manifest Matthew chapter 5. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Am I losing anybody? Somebody going, yes. <laughs> Parents, realization, I need God, I need help. Introduction, I'm bringing my child to church. I'm teaching them about God. I'm teaching them how to live. I'm giving them discipline. I'm giving them how to live, how to work. That's uh, introduction. Then God gives a revelation. God comes to the child, gets baptized. The child begins to work and learn about God. Then the child understands. Then the child manifests. They might not even do it until they're an adult. But you give manifestation by exemplifying what God has put in you. Once manifestation starts, then we have glorification. What is glorification? Glorification is what people do when they see you. Again, Matthew 5. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. Now, what I'm talking about good works. Your good works are not you going out feeding the hungry only. Because an atheist can do that. But God said in Malachi, he said, I'm going to put a distinction 
between you and the world. There's two things that God has given us that makes us distinguish between the world, and it's not a building and signs. One, he said, if you show love for one another, they will show you, they will know that you are my disciples. Then he said, I will give you my Holy Spirit because the world can't have it. So understand the distinction. What is the distinction? When the distinction happened, that means that we demonstrate God in our lives. We, are, we allow the Holy Spirit to light up in us. People see us, and then they start wondering, I'm going to show you how it works. Have you ever been working or at school, and all of a sudden, somebody comes to you and say, can I talk to you? Hey, I'm going through it. Just all of a sudden. Just, I mean, just all of a sudden, just... You know why? Because they've been watching you. The light was on. God was saying, pay attention. So when you think that no one is watching, yes, God is watching. And he has somebody whose the harvest is ready. So when you, when you, sow, the, when you sow the seed into people's lives, they see God and they glorify God. And after glorification, you have salvation. And I'm not talking about us only dying and going to heaven. I'm talking about us walking around on this earth saved. Not only saved, but with the confidence knowing I'm going to heaven. And I don't care how many degrees you have. If you have them without God, they are no good. My oldest daughter graduated from Harvard University. I texted her one time. I said, hey, what do you get if you have the best degree, the best job, making all the money you want, but you don't have God? She texted me back, you have nothing. Jesus said in Matthew 16, he says, what does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world yet lose his own soul? Or better yet, what does he have in exchange for his soul? When we raise our children to understand a job, a career, is part of the kingdom mission. It is not the mission itself. You getting a job and a career, that's, that, that's a purposeful it's for you to display the kingdom of God on your career. When you go to school, the purpose is not for you just to get a degree. God put you there so you could be a light. You can work. You can discipline yourself. You can show the power of God in you. The degree is not the goal. The goal is his soul. Why? Because his soul is... You can stack all the billionaires together, multiply their money by a billion times, over and over, his soul is still worth more than all of it. That's why we're here, parents. We're building a generation of, of kingdom livers. That's why you can't just raise them the way you want to. It's purposeful raising. <sighs> Oh, I got a lot of time left. No. 
I want us to know, parents, in some communities in America, fatherlessness is up to 70%. 70%. And a lot of these kids are being born and they don't have anything. That's why it's important that leaders begin to teach and say, here's what we're doing here at Jefferson. We're going to make sure that our children are disciplined in God. I don't know what they're going to do when they go home, but when they come here, we're going to have order. And parents, we need your help. We need your help to help us train these children because if we leave them and allow them to their own devices, we put a curse on us and their future. Parenting is so important. So, little ones, when they're crying, don't be embarrassed. Kids are supposed to cry. When the kids sit there and don't cry, that's when I worry. They're supposed to cry. But you guide them with love and stability. There's a purpose of what we're doing. The purpose is kingdom future. So please, parents, don't be too proud. Don't be too embarrassed when your kid acts like a child. Don't be embarrassed. That's what they're supposed to do. But when you train them, you get down there with them. He says, raise them in God's nurture and admonition. Get with them. On my uh, uh, daughter's volleyball team, so many divorced parents, they feel bad for the kid, and I get it, and they feel like, oh, so I kind of let him do what he want to do or let her do what she want to do. I said, I understand that. But that's the wrong way to do it. Children need guidance. They need examples. They need discipline. So parents, stop divorcing. Stop divorcing. We're not the world. Work this stuff out because it's bigger than you. When we start divorcing left and right, they said the divorce rate is just as high in the church as it is in the world. Stop divorcing. You're killing your future. Work it out. Work it out. Please work it out. It can be done. Work it out. It's killing our future. If you have been divorced, if you're a single parent and you're you in it and you can't go back, do not fall to the, oh, well, I'm just going to let them do what they want to do. No, ma'am, please, no, sir, please raise them with love, power, and discipline. There's a junior high school that's right across from where we are, the church. The other day, I walked out, I saw this, these policemen, I don't know if I told y'all this, but I saw these policemen talking to these two boys, and the boys were very respectful and stuff, and so I pulled them into the church, 
And I said, hey, I like how y'all was respectful. Y'all looked at the police and blah, blah, blah. They said, yeah. And then I noticed one looking out as I'm talking. I found out it was going to be like 20-something kids going to jump these two boys. So I put them in the car with me. I took them home. Then I came back, and I gathered all those boys there, and I just started talking to them. Now, it could have been easy where these boys disrespected me because I'm not their father. They didn't know who, me, who I was, but they listened. And at the end, they would come and they says, thank you, sir. You know why? They hadn't heard that before. They are waiting. The children want discipline. Uh, parents, especially young parents, your children don't need a buddy. They have enough friends at school. They don't need a buddy. They need parents. So many parents who are hurting. Time. Y'all, this is not going to fix itself overnight, but y'all, we need to get in people's lives. There are parents who are really trying. They just, they just can't do it. They don't have enough hours in the day. They're tired. They're single, and they got two jobs, and the kids come home. They latchkey latch kids, and they just have so much stuff. Somehow, some way, we need to get into their lives. Believe me, church, elders, deacons, uh, it's worth the investment. So I'll leave you with this. Parents, please allow God to touch you. And please understand this. You do not have enough power to do it yourself. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. That's why you need God. But whatever it is, parent your children as we should. Amen? Amen. Jesus Christ came down this earth. He lived, died, he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. When he looked out, he saw children. He saw sheep. And he said, I will guide them. This beautiful lady put him on in baptism. Won't you do the same? Hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. Believe in it. Repent, confess that he is the son of God and be baptized for the purpose of having your sins washed away that you may be filled with the spirit and added to his family, the church. If you do that, if you want to do that, please come forward as we together stand and sing the song of invitation.